Hey, War Cosm Nation, I remember a country song from years ago by Alabama, and the lyrics went something like this. I'm in a hurry to get things done. I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really have to do is live and die. I'm in a hurry and don't know why. So does that sound like your song? <laughs> There's a significant difference between busyness and business, isn't there? So which does your work culture support? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about eliminating a culture of busy on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work-positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast, Kaylee and Robert Fukui. Hey, Kaylee and Robert. Yay! Thank you so much for having us, Dr. Joey. Yeah, I've learned so much even before we hit record, so. (laughs) I love these people, in case you hadn't figured that out. You will figure it out by the end of this. They are amazing. I would say you're my favorite people in California, but I know so many people (laughs) in California. As soon as I say that, I could give you a laundry list of a dozen people. You tell me I was your favorite person in California. (laughs) You say that to all the guys. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I do think, and uh, Adrian and Warren will have to check me on this. I do think you're the first couple I've had on. All right. I like that. All right. So we're combination to sit up straight, (laughs) feet on the floor. We've got a power couple in the house today. Right. And in fact, speaking of power couples, Power Up Your Marriage and Business is their podcast. It's in the show notes, so you can take a listen to them wherever finer podcasts are heard. In fact, I'm going to even venture a guess. It's available on the same platform you're listening to this on. So Power yeah, Up Your like Marriage it. and Business. And then Tandem is an awesome book that they've written. And we're going to hear all about the book and the, um, and the great things that are in that particular book. Show notes have links where you can go and get that. And the website, Kaylee, is what? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> did, did her mind just sit down? <laughs> TheMarriedEntrepreneur.co. There's no the. Okay, Adrian, I got to tell her it's MarriedEntrepreneur.co. Are you sure? I'm sure. Is that your final answer? Yep. I need to call a friend. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, there's another website also, right? I mean, the, the book has its own website. I'm, I'm just going to save you the embarrassment and just say the tandembook.com. Am I close enough, Robert? You are close. You got You're it. You're right on. Okay. All right. That's so cool. <laughs> That's all right. I love it. So in the intro, Work Positive Nation, I talked about busy and a culture of busy. Maybe you've never thought about busy as a culture, but you guys work with a ton of entrepreneurs primarily right Mm -hmm. and so entrepreneurs by nature seem to me just to be frenetic i mean they're Mm -hmm. like whirling dervishes of course i'm old enough to remember cartoons 
Looney Tunes specifically, as if that's a surprise okay. to anybody that's ever listened to this show much. That Looney Tunes <laughs> would be my favorites. Uh, and there was this Tasmanian devil character that was like a little tornado going everywhere. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of some entrepreneurs in their businesses. You walk in and it's like, right? Where where does this culture of busy come from? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't know exactly because it started before our generation (laughs) because we kind of learned it from the previous generation. So you're younger than me is what you're saying. Okay. By a a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But just one of those things that's been passed down, you know, we've just grown up to do and to work and to be busy, Mm. to be productive, to to provide for the family and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And as years go on, I think too, I think in the more of the modern generation starting the seventies, I think a lot of it in the workforce was copied from Japan because yeah. Japan was starting to outdo us in well, automobiles, electronics, hmm. right? And they're starting to outperform. And so I remember a group of CEOs went out there to start to tour some of the companies out there and mm-hmm. just saw work 24 seven, saw that they were just working so much. And so they really brought that back here. So in the, I think starting in the 70s, it just kind of kicked up a notch where we just got to keep doing and working and just, you know, 12 hour days, 14 hour days, whatever. Mm. And then it became like a badge of honor that if we weren't busy, we weren't doing anything, right? Mm. Because we we're falling behind because that's the mentality of the corp- corporate, the, the corporate world that time was we're falling behind the Japanese or the competitors because they're outworking us. And so therefore we have to do that. Not realizing, not seeing, now we know looking back and the research shows that, well, suicide rates are high and mm. turnover and actually the productivity goes down, even though the hours of work is going up, the productivity is going down, right? So they don't look at the big picture, but they just saw what was going on and just want to copy that. And then now in our generation, you know, we're just grown up in that culture of busyness. Wow. Yeah. Well, and I think so too, with my dad's generation, uh-huh. it was all about work ethic, which it's good to have be a good a hard worker. But I think in his, it was just like, you just worked, 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 worked. He came from a farm. And so it was like sun up to sundown. You always need to be doing something. And then when you're raised in that generation, you kind of pass it down to the next generation as well. You do. The next generation catches it, right? They see the busyness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Couple things come to mind. First of all, about that farm life, but still, there's a rhythm to um, that—a seasonal rhythm, if you will. So your circadian rhythms are set with the rising and setting of the sun, which means in summertime, you're like talking about you're working yourself to death. But then in the winter, it's almost this hibernation mentality. You know, you're taking care of the equipment and animals and things like that. So you're you're truly in what my friend Dr. Bob Johansson talks about—a bioempathetic relationship. Right. with the world around you, then there's that rhythm. Unfortunately, and I love your point about the 70s, Robert, because I remember gas lines, even in odd days, right? And and sitting in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on your license plate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and we were trying to dig our way out of a, a real hole, economic hole there, which prompted us to work even harder, right? So, um, mm-hmm. wow, yeah. the association of entrepreneurship with hard work is uh, seems to be an equation most people do you know i gave up a 40 hour week job in order to work 80 hours a week but i got a great boss myself right (laughs) (laughs) and there's a whole lot of collateral damage that comes from that so 
Um, we want to talk all about eliminating and, and busting up this culture of busy today. So one of the ways that I think to do that is for we entrepreneurs to learn to trust other people to do stuff because we're really good at a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. and we might can do a whole lot of stuff mm -hmm. really well, but we can't do it all at once. So how do we attract <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, you you can, but you're gonna die and early. Exactly. Try try and, yeah, mm -hmm. try to do that. I guess I showed them. I worked myself in the ground. How did that work out for you? <laughs> right. So, how do we attract yeah. top talent and begin to build relationships with them that spread out the amount of work so we're not killing ourselves in this culture of busy or passing that culture of busy on to new hires? Yeah, well, first, it always starts from the top, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the buck stops here. Mm -hmm. And so I really got to assess ourselves because, I mean, we work with the business owners. And so, you know, if you really want to build a healthy culture, then let's start at the top. Mm -hmm. You know, how are you doing? How is your life doing? How's home life doing? And how do we not, how do you take you out of being so busy and just be more productive? Mm-hmm. And then how do we then, you know, if there's delegation that needs to happen, which it does, often does, then what are the right people they want to put in place to delegate that work? And then even with that, with the team, take that same mindset of what's the work I should be doing and concentrating on versus what other people should be doing. And even with your staff, assess the same thing. You know, what are they really gifted at and skilled at and what work should they be doing? Not just dump everything they can because they have time yeah. um, and you're paying them, but actually, you know, putting the work that they're not only capable of doing, but thrive in doing. Mm -hmm. And because then they'll be more productive, right? Because if you're just putting work on just to put work on, they'll do it, but they may not may get done longer than necessary as opposed to really assessing you know, who should do what work and who, who thrives and what type of work. Mm. And that's, that's a starting point anyway, is just the snippet of building a healthy culture because you'll be, as a business owner, you'll be more happy and productive because you're doing work that you, that energizes you and so is your team. Mm. And sometimes that might mean you need to shift some people around. Like maybe we need to go talk to our staff and find out, are you happy in this position? What things would you love to do? What are you good at? Because sometimes we just want to put somebody in a seat and they're not well equipped for that or trained even. Yeah. And so then it just frustrates the owner. He's not getting all the, the he's not getting all the, um, they're not being as productive as they would like to be because yeah. he's not enabling his employees. Right. And uh, the person is just glad to draw a paycheck. So they're going to sit there and do the best they can, right? Um, mm -hmm. but the uh, motivation, passion, alignment of personal purpose with company purpose is just not there. So how do I communicate that when I'm seeking to attract top talent? How do I say, here's the kind of person I'm looking for here, are the skill sets I'm looking for and ensure that I'm really getting a person who's gifted in that area that I need. Well, there's, you know, there's the resume model, right? Where you look at the resume and are you qualified based on the skills and experience? But also beyond that, it's character and integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, we always tell our clients, hire for character, teach the skill. Because that skills can be taught, right? But you can't teach character or it's very hard to. <laughs> well, and so, you know, all things being... a two-year-old or something, yeah, right? Exactly. can teach them character. So sure, they want need a baseline of skills and experience. But at the same time, you know, if you have two candidates 
and even one might on paper might be higher qualified, but their character is more in question. You go for the person with a better character because the skill set can be can be taught up. Um, so that's the first place to start. And um, yeah, cool. So let's say I've I've hired for character. Uh, well, and first of all, I have to have some awareness about myself and what mm -hmm. I'm automating, delegating, those kinds of things. Eliminating. Let's say I get the right person in place. Kaylee, how am I going to keep them? Well, training them is very important and having some kind of manual so they know what the expectations are ahead of time because so many times we hire somebody and then we're like, I don't have time to train them. So we just throw them out there and we expect them to be able to know how to do it. Like they come with a manual or something and they don't. And it's very frustrating for them. And it's frustrating for the employee because then the employer has to step in and they're doing their job and your job. And a lot of times the new employee isn't going to want to stay because it's just, there's no fulfillment in that. And I would say the other thing is relationships. We're all about building relationships and getting to know people and what's important to them. How can I come alongside of you and help you maybe in some of the other things that you want to do in your life? So getting to know them is makes it a lot harder for people to want to leave because. Mm. Yeah. Cause you know, especially the younger generation talking about millennials, Gen Z's, they're very more intentional or, or talking about the fact that they want their work to have meaning. Mm -hmm. mm. And so, and I think we all want that, but the younger generation is a little bit more vocal about it. And so sitting down with them, not talking about performance issues and incentives based on money, but also look at as Kaylee was sharing, what are your dreams and vision beyond just work? And are there things that we can do as a company to help support that? And also just even within the company, what do you feel you want to achieve? Like what types of skill sets do you want to adapt and put onto you? So how can we develop you as a person, not just as an employee? So go beyond just the performance issue and go look at the person. And once they, once they feel the connection that they, you care about them on a personal level, not just professional level, it is really hard to leave. And I remember, you know, I was in uh, work for pharmaceutical sales and I had a manager that hired me and she was my manager for 17 years until she retired, wow. which is unheard of because a lot of territories changes, district alignments change all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of somehow <laughs> was able to have the same manager the whole time. And she was great. Crazy. And even to some of the ups and downs of the corp the company and we had upper management changes and all that and the, the culture of the company would shift and got worse at one point mm -hmm. but she kept our district culture very healthy because uh -huh. she protected us from the crap that was coming down from the top sure she was very good at protecting her team from all the you know the nonsense that was coming down from the top and we saw that and our team not just me that stayed but our team stayed intact for the most part wow. and we were recognized i remember people would say how does your how does your team stay intact when you have turnover in all these other places especially when the company was having a really bad time right mm -hmm. and people are leaving and all that sure. but yet our team stayed intact for the most part and i go our manager's great i mean she expects us right and we perform we're best performers and all that mm -hmm. but she also really just appreciated us as individuals number one and really protected us and really went to bat for us mm. and so because of that you know we'd get recruiters all the time and i could have left for more money a number of times but 
I'm thinking, yeah, I can make some more money, but I don't know who my manager is going to be. <laughs> and that could really kill. And I've seen colleagues leave for more money and then leave again because they're unhappy with that company. And I said, you know what? It's got to be a, you know, an offer I can't refuse, and it, but it has to be beyond money. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. there's a happiness, I, you know, I want to be happy in what I do and don't want to be stressed coming home and stuff. Right. Mm, man. Yeah. So what did she do to, you said, uh, she protected you from all the crap coming down and she went to bat for you. Give me, give us a couple of specific instances of behavior when she protected, for instance, the crap from coming down around you and had your back. Well, it was like something that she was always doing. Like we would hear things like expectations from upper management and she would say, look, this is what they want, but this is what, but at the end of the day, we just want sales. Just do what you need to do. And he, she filtered out the essentials that we need to do based to make the upper management happy. But some of the non-essentials that were kind of nonsense, she would say, you know, do whatever. But at the end of the day, as long as your sales are good, I'm going to stick up for you because mm. sometimes it's, it's interesting how upper management would get really sticky about metrics <laughs> that have nothing to do with the outcome of sales. <laughs> and then your sales are doing good, but you don't hit certain metrics and you're like, well, at the end of the day, what do you want? Yeah. <laughs> do you want me to check a box or do you want me to bring in sales? Oh. Right. And I'm a salesperson. What are we paid for? <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, you know, she was very good at um, she was very good at determining, you know, what's necessary, but what's his nonsense. And then as long as we're doing our job, whatever upper management might say about an individual salesperson, she's going to go to bat with that. And she took a hit a couple of times where, I mean, she was written up as a manager. Wow. In the beginning of the year. So here's a, a incredibly sad and happy story, however you want to look at it. It's kind of a little off tangent here, but. We started this district started at the beginning of the year, kind of towards the bottom of the sales division nationally. Okay. So, you know, she took the hit. Um, she got written up. She was on a written warning and all that. And now, mind you, she's been with the company for I don't know how many years at this point, 30 years, maybe mm-hmm. um, won a number of best performers, always a performer. So we start the year bad. Right. OK. And so, you know, there's all these things that upper management wants us her to do to us. And she's like, look, we just got to increase sales. Right. And so basically because our team, you know, really valued her as a manager mm-hmm. and we knew the stuff was coming down on her that we rallied as a team. So we ended the, the district, the end of the year, the district was top performer in the nation. I won best performers as well. Wow. We had two other territories in the district, end up being a best best performer and top, you know, top 3% in the company. Wow. And so, but we did, it's kind of interesting looking back at it now as I'm talking about it. I think we did it more for her than for us because the stuff that they were doing to her, we're like, that's ridiculous. Mm. (laughs) We're Mm. like, that's just ridiculous. Mm. Um, But because we loved her as a person and we knew she cared about us personally, like I think we rallied mainly for her than for us individually. And here's the kicker that really, well, pissed me off. I happened, she was riding with me in the field uh, the March of the following year. Mm-hmm. You know, she was on voicemail. This is back in the day before, you know, all the cell phone stuff. But anyways, she says, oh, you won Best Performer. I'm like, oh, great. And she says, the district did too. A district turned out to be number one. And I'm like, oh, awesome. So we're going to, I think, the Cayman Islands. Mm-hmm. It was a trip, right? And she's like, I don't get to go. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What? She's like, 
No, because I was I was on a written warning at the beginning of the year. Oh. So her whole team goes. It wasn't the whole team, but well, there was like part three, of her four, team. four territories in the district got to go. The district turns out, you know, ends up number one. Technically, she should be she would go on the trip as well as all that stuff. But because she started the year on a written warning, which this is just totally, you know, <laughs> just like totally blows my mind because she's on a written warning for what? Lack of sales performance. So the warning is get your sales up, right? So we, yes. end the, we end the year, number one, and she doesn't get to go because she's on a written warning. She worked uh, the whole year, right? <laughs> it wasn't like she was on leave or, and I'm just like, that is the scariest thing I've ever heard of. So anyways, I'm not yeah, sure what this has to do with healthy culture. <laughs> yeah, Robert, Work Positive Nation's listening to that and they're saying, hey, that's my company. That's my company. <laughs> Policy over people. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. We lose sight of it. it's the people who made all those sales. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. As opposed to a policy which says, oh, we wrote her up at the beginning of the year. She can't go. You guys should have pitched in and bought her a trip. <laughs> oh, now you tell I'm going to send her. She's retired now, but I'm going to send her this podcast episode. And I say, you hear what Dr. Joey said? That's right. <laughs> he said we should pitch in and send you to the Cayman Islands. It's not too late. Go so to the send us to all the, yeah, so all the, you know, everybody that is in the district at the time say, hey, we got to pitch in. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Start a GoFundMe campaign there you go. for you know, there you go. Go, yeah. go find me. <laughs> that's awesome. But, but I think that also is a lesson is because, we, you know, mm-hmm. we're talking about leaders from the top, like the business yeah. owners or the CEOs. But even if you're a middle manager, you know, how valued what you can do to, to create a healthy culture within your domain. Mm. And that even in your domain, like the company as a whole might have a toxic culture, but you can still create a healthy culture within that. And you, your team, your domain, your district, whatever mm-hmm. is going to perform. Yeah. I love and that. And this is just an example because we, we performed because I mean, we just loved her. Mm, I love that because if the culture is busy, you as a leader of a team, right? Whether it's a district or two or three people, you have an amazing opportunity to reinterpret that culture of busy because you know your people that you're leading, right? You know them better than anybody, or you should. Have that kind of relationship with them and discover what their points of pleasure or interest are and just tag those and help them move forward. I absolutely love that. So that's a great way to overcome this culture of of busy that is frenetic, right? Because the difference between business and busyness, right? Mm-hmm. That, that right. can't associate it to. I bet that company, um, the the teams that had the highest metric scores on filling out forms or whatever it was that they wanted them to do, <laughs> I'd love to know where they were. I bet they were in the bottom fifty percent, right? <laughs> of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't seen those metrics, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting because I, I know I know one person in particular, one of my colleagues, didn't fill out any of these forms. Uh, I won't I won't talk about it. <laughs> to give it away, but there's yeah. these things they wanted us to do, and she didn't do any of that stuff, and she performed well. Sure, uh, and it's that culture of busyness, focusing yeah. right, focusing on what's really important. Yeah, uh, to to just accelerate your productivity keeping clearly in mind with a whole lot of clarity, right? What's the goal? Why am I here? What am I doing? So when you get clear on that, the rest of it's just kind of easy. Like, here's a, here's a busy, busy stuff that just, just really ignored. It just really infuriated me and a lot of people on the sales team meetings. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
They're so productive. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're salespeople and we're in meetings. Yeah. I go, who's selling right now, right? And yeah, I mean, look around. <laughs> especially what happens is, you know, as a company gets bigger and a company's bigger, you've got different people within the organization wanting meetings with the same group of people. So you have, you know, marketing and finance and HR and all that. Everybody wants meetings for the same group of people. Right. And so, which means we're getting pulled all kinds of direction. And I'm like, here's one that really killed me. Here's the title of this meeting was the meeting for the meeting. <laughs> now, jokes have been made about that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Like, we're having a meeting for a meeting. Right. We yeah. joked about that. But I literally was in a meeting with that exact title. And I'm like, this is a joke. Right. Is this a joke? <laughs> I would get so confused. Is this the meeting? Or the meeting about the meeting, which, which is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it's that difference between busyness and business, and some of us just associate the kind those kinds of metrics with productivity and focus. But yeah. That's not what drives production. That's not what drives high performance, and it's also not what makes for a happy work life balance or harmony, as I like to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, you guys work with a ton of entrepreneurs many of whom are married, some of whom I think you've heard me, uh, I've heard you say are actually married and work together. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Just like us. You guys are married and (laughs) work together. Yep. We don't just share the last name. The last name is not the company name. Well, it's not. Okay. (laughs) The name of the company should be the K Lee group, right? Company. (laughs) Anyway, I guess, I guess I'm not. Uh, so how, how do you do that? What, first of all, give me one challenge. My wife and I could come up with a list of 110 challenges because we tried it. I think it lasted six weeks, but anyway, you, you see it working well. What's a challenge that you guys have overcome in your own work, right? That, and again, we're the difference between busyness and business here. So if you can focus on a challenge around busyness and business, one challenge that you experienced in your own company, the K-Lead Group, right? And how you overcame that. I would say unrealistic expectations. Mm. So in our business, we needed someone to do the bookkeeping. And Robert's really good at numbers. And he's like, honey, you could do this. You would be great at this. And I'm like, well... <laughs> And he's like, no, really, you could do it. Just throw me under the bus, Dr. Joey. <laughs> and so and backed over you, too. <laughs> yeah. And so then I said, okay. So you I said, okay. Oh, man. I said, okay. I right. said, in, and let I would on, put it well, off. Hang on. Let me unpack this just okay. a minute. Robert, what made you think this was a good idea? <laughs> so. I basically you didn't want to did, do it, did you? I, I, I you did, did a not lot of want to do bookkeeping. Well, yeah, well, that yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes, and I did what a lot of husband and wife teams do, right? So one, you know, the husband or the wife, whatever, whoever's the CEO, they'll say, "Hey, can you help?" And they'll just put them in a seat to fill a to fill a seat, right? They'll say, "Hey, I need a bookkeeping done, or I need some animal work," even though it's not in their gift mix, right? And right. so, yes, I didn't want to do that. And so I said, hey, why don't you handle QuickBooks? And it didn't turn out well. Yeah. <laughs> so I would put it off because, you know, I'm not that all that thrilled about doing it. You think? And then Robert would keep asking me. So then I'd get in there and go do it. And then it didn't come out perfect because QuickBooks, there's not a lot of wiggle room. I'm more the creative type than I am. The- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a new product. QuickBooks for wigglers. <laughs> no, 
would be awesome. There you go. Hey, so then Ro- are you listening? <laughs> yeah. Robert would come back to me and goes, honey, this isn't right. And then he's frustrated. And then I'm frustrated because he's frustrated with me because I'm doing something I really don't like. I want to do. So it just turned into the Kui household, right? <laughs> so it just turned into a, a mess. And so, uh, just talking about expectations, what's expected of each other and getting clarification on that. So well, Kaylee, know- I'm interested. Why did you say yes when you knew QuickBooks didn't have wiggle room? Well, he believed in me so much and thought, oh, you could do this. And I'm like, yeah, I could do it. And I guess I just didn't want to tell him no. I wanted to please him. And I thought, yeah, okay, oh, I can do it. There it is. Yeah. So obviously the lesson here, right? Put the right people in the right seat, in the right, on, the, on the right bus, on the right seat. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's your spouse or any team member you're hiring for, you know, make sure they're in a position that takes advantage of their skills and gifts. Wow. Um, so if it doesn't, it's going to turn out like this. <laughs> yeah, I, I love you guys. That that was a beautiful example and real. And unfortunately, this is very common in husband wife teams. Mm-hmm. Oh, common, like every couple you work with, right? <laughs> I mean, there's this. Just about. If they haven't already learned it, they've gone through it. Yeah, well, I don't know about you guys, but I have to relearn and relearn and relearn. Well, it didn't work last time. I'll just try harder this time. Yeah, this, yeah. Time, <laughs> this time it'll be better. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, honey. You can do this. You just haven't done it with me leading you. You can do it. Well, <laughs> got to do it my way. <laughs> get out the hammer and chisel and carve yeah. that spouse into your image and likeness, right? Uh-huh. Yep, well, exactly. well, just take out honey and you've got what goes on in companies and corporations all over the country every yep. single day, yep. which creates that culture of busyness as opposed to business. Work Positive Nation, in case you can't tell, I absolutely love Kaylee and Robert Fukui. <laughs> They're some of my favorite people on the planet. So uh, we want to get more Kaylee and Robert. How do we do that? You can start. I think the easiest way is to go to marriedentrepreneur.co, our main website, and our podcast. What's the name of it, honey? Power Up Your Marriage and Business. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> And you also see there's a little link in there if you want to know how to do work better, have better work-life balance, um, Mm. especially if you're working with your spouse or as long as you're married and have a have a spouse right or i guess if you're married you do have a spouse <laughs> but if you want to know how to do business Most and marriage do, better right? <laughs> yeah if you want to know how to do marriage and business better there is a free download on there as well so work positive nation even if you're not married with or without a spouse right, right, right. <laughs> you, can, you may know someone who is and so that that's the real sweet spot that kaylee and robert have uh, so when you listen to that podcast and you go to their website that'd be awesome and then the tandembook.com is where you can go and again this stuff's in the show notes uh in case Robert butchered it or Kaylee didn't get the name of the podcast correct. <laughs> something, you know, there's something happened. Keep it real here, friends. <laughs> the link's correct. That's, that's, right. that's, that's all you got to right. know. The link's oh correct. Oh my God, Adrian, make sure you got it right, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. this is the way we roll here at Work Positive Nation, exactly. man. We just keep going. Uh, so, what's one thing? What's one thing? Kaylee and Robert Fukui that Work Positive Nation can do starting today to create a positive work culture. Yeah, you want to start or me? No, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, she needs time to think. <laughs> it always starts from the top. If you want to create a healthier culture and you're assessing what's going on in the business and then come back to yourself and go, how am I contributing to that? Mm. 
And so the, the change always had to start from the top because just like it, whether it's in your family or your business, the people, your team, your children, whatever, they're just picking up your lead. Basically, we're just copying what's being example to us. Yeah. Right. And so that's where I would start is have that hard, honest look at yourself, ourselves, because I have to do the same thing. Right. Just like even when Kaylee brought up about the whole QuickBooks thing, I'm like, you know, I'm the one that's good with numbers. <laughs> This hey, is man, quite look, funny, isn't it? That. We've all tried to talk somebody into doing something they had no business doing, and, uh-huh. and we found out it sucked really yeah, bad exactly. later, too. Right? Um, yeah, take a hard and honest look at yourself first, and then yeah. make the change internally, and then pass it down to the, the team. And I would say find out what's important to your team. Like one of our clients wanted to be mentored, and his love language was time. So the owner of the company gives them time, takes them out, mentors them. Another one, one of the employees wanted to get out of debt. So he's helping him come up with strategies on how to do that. So just sometimes it's a lot smaller things than you think it is when you just ask your employees what's important to them and how they can help them. Mm, I'm loving it. Kaylee and Robert Fakui, thank you so much. This has been one of the most fun podcast episodes I've done and I've been doing them, well, if you count them in dog years, a hundred years. <laughs> So, <laughs> so thank you so much. I absolutely You're love welcome. it. And uh, hey, Work Positive Nation, come back for the next episode with Kaylee and Robert when Kaylee reveals something else Robert tried About to Robert, yes. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. good. Before. Yeah. yeah. There's a I laundry need to, I need to heal. Friends. I need to heal from this run over. <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks so much for being right, here. Dr. Joey. Thank you, Dr. Joey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free work positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about, and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.